So Crossroads Church is going through a wonderful prophetic moment where we're discovering where we're, um, where we're going in this uh, next season. And God has given us some really specific uh, work to do and some specific words um, to give to you this morning. So you want to welcome our eldership team. This is your discernment community. These are the people who are fasting and praying when you don't even know they are naming your names before the throne of grace. And, um, and so we've been in this discernment process and each of them are just going to take a minute to tell you uh, how we came to this idea that at 1032, beginning on August 25th, we are going to be one church under one roof for one purpose, which is to glorify Christ. So August 25th, one church under one roof for one purpose to glorify Christ. And so um, you might want to know how we came to that, and Sean's going to kick it off. And, and uh, everybody welcome Sean and say, thanks, Sean. You're awesome. We love you. Thanks, thanks for loving us. You're awesome. Us. I love you, too. So this past year, uh, Kathleen, I've been telling Kathleen about uh, just feeling in my spirit, just wanting to have a closer relationship with God and as a whole, as a church community, and really felt like the Lord was doing that. Then, uh, with regard to uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire asking me to begin the summer series, or when we began the summer series, asking me to speak on the Holy Spirit and Acts 2. Excuse me, Sean. Two minutes on the clock, because Sean, he can preach, this dude, so yes, he can. two minutes. So anyway, with regard to... Um, discernment after I felt a real excitement about that with the Acts 2 and the Holy Spirit uh, leading and being in that series. So when we discern as an eldership board and as an elder, you know, we take our responsibility not irreverently or unhallowed, but it's very important to us to hear the voice of God. And what gets in the way sometimes is ourselves. So we we have to pray that we're objective because we're, we're human beings and, you know, we have to make sure that our motives are correct. Our motives are what God wants. So I really sensed in the process of the one service, this, this process going on, it was wonderful. Consolation, we use that gift. We've had it given to us through the Holy Spirit. Consolation, desolation. So it was really consoling to me when we gathered in unity. Um, for this past July. And, and so that's how I discern that process. That was the process that I use. I use it all the time, desolation. There's times when, you know, I'm like, I know this isn't right, whether it's in my gut, my head, or my heart. So God bless you guys. And so for me, um, I believe it, it started in the early um, part of the summer, in the month of June. God really put in my spirit. I was here early. It was about 9 o'clock. And I was upstairs, and I was kind of just watching as people were gathering in to worship. And God really started speaking to me about the power and the strength that comes from connection, from us being connected one to another. And so as I began just talking to God about that and praying about that, um, God gave me a scripture in Romans 1-2, and it says, um, there we go. Now, this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful is released. 
We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. And so God really began ministering to me about that, that we are co-encouraged and co-comforted. I don't want to come to church and just be comforted just me or just encourage just me. I want to be side by side with you, celebrating with you, um, being encouraged with you, having you lay hands on me and me laying hands on you. So I just believe that there's a power and a strength that comes from us being together. And of course, I work at the Next Steps um, kiosk and serve there on Sunday mornings. And part of what, fi- what I find great joy in is connecting people in their next step with their faith. And Um, When we're in a place where we want to take our next step in our faith, that involves people, right? We, we, 99, I would say 99.9% of the times for us to take our next step in the faith, that involves other people. Mm -hmm. Whether that is um, someone praying for us, someone encouraging us, us signing up for a retreat or us getting involved in a life group. And so... When I'm over there and uh, someone comes up and just, for instance, if they want to get connected in a life group and I scan the room and I can find that life group leader that I want to connect them with, it's wonderful that they can be face-to-face, get a personal invitation because someone is more likely to take their next step with a face-to-face like that. And um, it's difficult, to be honest with you, when I have to say, oh, they go to first service and you're in second service, so let me give you their phone number or, or something like that. So there's just, I believe there's power and strength when we are one, uh, you know, uh, shoulder to shoulder, being co-encouraged and co-comforted in our faith. Go ahead, you can say amen. 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 I say amen also. <laughs> so as I was thinking and praying about the, uh, the change... Um, the word fragmented came to my mind. Fragmented means disjointed or disassociated. So to me it meant we're not in total unity if we're fragmented as a church body. And at this time in our journey, we need to come together as one body under one roof. Being together as one body under one roof, sharing our faith, we can and will receive God's direction. And that's interesting, sharing faith, and Kathleen alluded to that as well. Um, There's a group dynamic that happens when we are all as one. Not that we did anything wrong in the past, having two services, there were reasons for that. But now we feel the call of God to come together, to experience that group dynamic that the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to us that we need to know. So as he prepares the way for his steps in each in our lives and for Crossroads Church, I think we'll see that happen. Psalm 85 says, Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest, our land. Righteousness goes before him as he prepares the way for our steps. Thank you. Amen. That's right. Go on. Um, so after a few weeks of the discernment process going on in my life and in my heart and wanting to know what God wanted for us, um, we had our combined service. And for me that day... It was an experience of contagious joy and excitement. 
I felt that every element of the service that day echoed a common desire to be here together, to doing exactly what we were doing. In other words, united hearts, loving God and loving that we were celebrating together. Since that day, I have felt such peace around the transition to one service and God knowing who I am and how he made me, um, leading me by peace is a very important aspect of my walk with him. I have been consistently sensing this is our way forward, this is a new season of blessings, that this was all God's idea, and we are being graciously invited to follow him in peace and unity. So I am looking ahead with trust and joy-filled expectation for what God has planned next for us. Amen. So, I have to be really transparent. When we first began talking about the, the potential of going to one service, I, I had a lot of pushback. It didn't We're make... so surprised. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's why you like me. It's because I, I give a lot of pushback. No, I just, it, it, didn't, it didn't seem to make sense. It's like, I, I, I couldn't figure out why that would be a better thing. So then we really began the discernment process as an eldership team, and it, it really is a process. There's some structure and order to it because there, there is a way to hear the voice of God. And Scott and Claire do a great job of, of leading us in that. So as I began to enter that process, it started to become clear that it was really about community. That, that was the word that kept coming back to me. And, you know, we emphasize community here at Crossroads a lot, whether it's the, the food pantry or our involvement in, in uh, human trafficking or uh, the Fountain Clinic or, I, I mean, any number of things. Haiti. Uh, it's all about building a sense of community. And I thought, you know, if we're in one service, that really helps. It really adds to that sense of community and, and probably builds on that whole emphasis. So then, like three different people had this word of window of opportunity. And, and God just began to speak to me, I feel, that that was a careful choice of words, that it was window of opportunity, not door. Because a door restricts access. A door changes environment. You're either inside or you're outside, right? But a window gives us the ability as a, as a collective, as a community, to see the love and the grace of God like we haven't seen it before. And I think that that's what's really going to happen. So then um, you, you may know that um, my wife, Sylvia, is not here this morning and um, you are praying people. I know that. She's facing a lot of things and was not able to be here this morning, so pray for her, okay? Um, uh, I, I won't go into the details, but I know that she would love your encouragement and your prayers this morning. But she wanted to share this. What she said was, I what I experienced during our combined service a couple weeks ago was a rejuvenated, energy-infused time together as a family. The excitement was immediate. First, 
greeted at the entry by familiar, enthusiastic ushers and check-in staff. Then, as soon as worship began, the energy amped up. No pun intended. I think you probably went past the OSHA standards on that Sunday, turning the music We may (laughs) have been loud that day. And I'll take responsibility for it. We worshiped together, glorifying God, and it was full on participation. The worship team was bright and fresh and a fully alive experience. Pastors' messages were full of vision and expectation of what God is doing in our unified midst. This all brings to mind what I hear every time I've prayed about and continue to pray about as we move into 1032. And that is a promise to us in Psalms 133, which says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there, the Lord commands his blessing. And we want to just pray. Mm-hmm. God, for Sylvia, we bless her. We yes. pray for your, uh, for your power to touch her from the top of her head to the tip of her toes. And and heal her and strengthen her and restore her. We thank you, God, for her 28 years of service to Crossroads Church and the ways that she has, she has given herself to the building of your kingdom. And we pray, God, that you would restore to her her health. In Jesus' beautiful name, and the whole church said, Amen. 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 As our eldership team practiced the process of discernment the spirit of god spoke to me during that period of time um and said blessings and power are in the presence of togetherness and as my brother matt mentioned um this is a window of opportunity for us as people of god to seize the moment And as I began to think about it and pray about it, um, the Lord was speaking to me. The scripture that the Lord was speaking these foundational principles to me from is in Genesis, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. And I will uh, paraphrase that for you. Um, The Lord is is saying that when people come together as one, And that's a very important part of that scripture. When people come together as one and they're speaking the same language, they have the same vision, nothing is impossible. And I believe that with all my heart that with the condition of our world, the condition of our nation, the condition of the enemies, our lives with the enemy's attack on our lives, corporately as well as individually, um, we need to come together as one and seize this opportunity to be in God's presence and rejoicing with each other, um, crying with each other praying with and for each other Mm -hmm. um this is a season where we need to be on guard and in our in our strength mode in our power mode and i believe that this is a season for it and as we go to one service i am greatly greatly anticipating 
um, waiting to see the great things that God is going to do in us, through us, and to us. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, so we approached this um, discernment process a while ago, uh, as we always do as an eldership team, uh, in just trying to make sure that we are not just about the two services going to one service, but just about everything, that God's will is central in what we're doing. Um, but kind of a funny story along the way. So uh, we, had, we had been discussing, well, let's try this one service thing over the summer a couple times. And um, my initial sense when that happened was, I don't know if I feel good about that at all. This feels like this diminishment. What is that going to communicate? Um, I worked through that uh, pretty quick. Um, and then that night in that meeting when the decision was made just to do the one service twice, uh, I, I said, I think we need to have a unique time, like 10.38, 10.38. So we kind of landed on 10.38. Then that Sunday, which was, I think, a couple days later, Claire got up, and she was all excited and as, you know, full of energy. And she said, just want just to tell everybody, tri- free trip to Hawaii, if you can figure out. We've got the significance of this number. If you've been around here, you'll get a kick out of this. She kept saying that. And she says, 1032. And I'm like, no, 1038. I was standing. And she says, Scott has a scripture. And I had already had a scripture in 1038. I don't even remember what it is now. But it was like, that was a great scripture. It was like about things just expanding and getting bigger and all this. Like 1038 sounds awesome. And she's 1032. And I'm like, no, 1038. She's like, 1032. And it was. And then we landed on this scripture. If you guys don't know about prophetic words, that was one. It was. So, you know, sometimes you think the plans of man belong to man, but the answer belongs to the Lord. So, So so anyway. So true. God surprises you. I mean, not that I'm the Lord. No, but God's voice shows up. Like, it just surprises us, right? And I think that that's what we're in the midst of with with even this. Because some of you are saying, why in the world are we even talking about this? Why all of this energy put around uh, going to one service. What you need to understand is this is so countercultural. This is so not church textbook, church growth stuff. It's the exact opposite of that, which would be you have as many services as possible. You have as many venues as possible. And God in the midst of that is speaking to us the exact opposite of that because you just give people as many choices as possible. Um, So into the midst of that, we begin to look, and right away after Claire said that, um, the scripture is when we found the scripture in Second Kings 10.32, which is what really affirmed what's happening here. And this is what it says in the Living Bible. At about that time, the Lord began to whittle down the size of Israel. It's like, thanks, God. Thanks for that scripture. But immediately we had this sense of that is so right on. So the discernment process um, so we tell you guys that you are, you are tripartite beings, You're, and, and we serve a God that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, represented in three different beings in the Trinity, right? Um, and you, are, you have a mind. You, God says to love people and to love God with all of our mind, right? All of our strength, um, right? And all of our heart. 
and then with all of our soul, which encapsulates all of it. So it's head, heart, and gut. So when we discern, we've encouraged you guys to discern with your head, your heart, and your gut for personal stuff, for your life in Christ, for these kinds of things when we do stuff corporately, which we do consistently. Sean mentioned that. So went to my head, and the first thing that came uh, to my head was... Uh, the issue of critical mass. Critical mass is a, and we've talked about this from the beginning of Crossroads, critical mass is a nuclear fission principle. It is that there is this group, there is this grouping together, and when you have this grouping together, profound chain reaction can happen, right? There's a couple of things that are important uh, when it comes to critical mass. One is there has to be a sustainable material, So you have to have a sustainable material in nuclear uh, language. That's uranium and plutonium. That's that. uh, That's that sustainable sustainable material for chain reaction. But also, it has to be compounded together. That if it's spread out, you don't get this critical mass, which creates this chain reaction momentum that starts to happen. Same thing happens in the spirit. You might remember when God speaks to Abraham and says, Abraham, if you can just find, he kind of whittles it down, right? He says, if you can just find 10 righteous people, I won't destroy this situation. I'm not, I'll, I will restrain myself, right? Or this, this, another story is the story of Gideon, where Gideon starts out with 32,000 people. God whittles it down to 300 leaders and says, this is a good group for critical mass. And then God does wondrous things. So that was my head. When my heart began to speak, I realized as has been spoken consistently with the team here is this issue of unity, that in the midst of unity, amazing things happen, that unity causes exponential power and increase that you won't find anywhere in the scripture where there isn't this unity that happens amongst people at least that doesn't bring exponential expansion and power release the prime example of this is acts 2 when jesus tells the disciples he says go and wait in a room be in unity together pray together and just wait and see what happens and out of that the holy spirit invades that room the upper room there's a 120 people, literally within hours, there's thousands of people that have come to Christ. And it's because they've been together in unity. This will be the only space, church, that we will be able to come together fully. We have no space where as a group of people, we come together fully in unity. We have small groups, we have other things that are very important, but we feel the significance in our heart of the combustion that can happen when we come together totally and bring all of our gifts together. And then within weeks, some would say, some would say within months, there's over 15,000 Christ followers out of that. And then lastly was this issue of gut, which is where I operate from. Like things hit me in the body first. Um, But the thing that God essentially hit me with immediately was we from the beginning, Crossroads Church has been a prophetic church. We have been a, a church that has been called to do things. We, we know all the models out there. We know the main you know, way church is done. We've studied all of that. We implemented certain aspects of it, but we have never felt like we fit into a model because we know that the call of Christ on crossroads is to be a prophetic voice uh, in this culture. Now, this is countercultural. If you can imagine the church, basically every church falls into one of four places. Imagine, picture in your mind, an arrow. 
I would say that an arrow represents what the church essentially represents. It falls into one of four places. There is the, the nook of, or the knock of a, an arrow. That's the part of the arrow that connects to the bow, the string on the bow. That is the thing that keeps, uh, keeps, that, those are those churches that just keep us connected, keep us kind of centered on what the kingdom is all about. Then there are, then there is the feathers or what's called the fletching of the arrow. The fletching of the arrow keeps the arrow balanced when it's flying. It, it brings accuracy. It, it brings, uh, helps with the speed of the arrow. Then there's the shaft. And some of you have been in those churches where you got the shaft. No, that's not, no, it's not that kind of church. The shaft is the backbone that kind of holds everything together. It holds everything, the energy, the power, it holds it together. But then there's the tip of the arrow. There's the arrowhead. And that is the prophetic part of the church. That is the part of the church. That is those churches that are called to pierce the darkness, to go into cultural places that many churches are afraid to go into, to be a voice, to go into spaces where most warfare occurs, the most intense warfare occurs, the most, uh, the most, uh, the most intense uh, flight goes on in that place. And we have been called to be a tip of the arrow type of church. Amen. So this is countercultural. This is countercultural. Yes. And we are, we're called to pierce the darkness. We're not called to be the church down the street. Uh, So we're here today to talk to you for a few minutes about this because This is a prophetic moment. We are about to do something. See, the only churches that go from two services or three services to two or two services to one are the churches that are about to die off. And this church is not dying off. This church, yeah, this church is flying toward the target, flying toward the enemy's camp more clearly now than it ever has been before. I, I, I just... I'll finish my remark with this, this quote that I absolutely love by John Wesley. This is what Wesley said. Wesley said, give me a hundred people who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and they alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Crossroads, we are called to shake the gates of hell. We are not, we are, yeah. We are not the other parts of the arrow. We are the part of the arrow that is to pierce darkness and to go into areas that a lot of other churches will not go. We're already living into that, and this is one of them. When we come together in community, all of us, and we receive the prophetic just prompting of the Holy Spirit together. God is about to do some profound and powerful things in our midst. Amen. And, and you guys are going to see the scripture up here. Um, this is where we land in the lectionary. So if you follow in the blue book, this is the scripture that came up today. You're going to love it. Come on, stand with me. It's from Hebrews 11. By, no, let's go to the next one. Now faith, faith is, is the, the assurance of things, things hoped for. for. The conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. 
By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out. Everybody say, he set out. He set out. Say, she set out. She set out. Not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where she was going either. So when we started this church, if you guys don't know this, Shauna Kathleen tricked us. And they moved here and they invited us to come and teach one Bible study. And before you knew it, we kept coming back. And then the church where we were on staff as pastors sent us out here and said, this is a church plant. And this was the scripture Scott and I got when we planted this church. In fact, Scott was so sure and I was so not. You know what God said to me? Don't worry about it, Claire. You don't have to know anything. Scott knows where he's going. <laughs> and real and and I and you have to understand, my personality style doesn't do very well with that. It's like I'd like a little information too. And so it was very formational for me to say, "Oh my gosh, Scott got the word this time." Right? Why we wanted you to hear from all the elders is because how do you get 10 people? There's two of our elders missing right now. How do you get them all to hear the same thing? They're all different. If I went through their Enneagram numbers, you would say, how do they even get along? I'm not kidding you. So when Kathleen challenges us and says, what do you think about going to one service? And then Scott and his nine goes, no, that's what I think. (laughs) And then Matt says, I have to have much more research around that, you know? So you've got every one of us have these dynamics, right? We've got this achiever type and this original type, this peacemaker type, peacemakers times two, the challenger, the lover, the, where'd the other one go? The researcher, you know, the good person. I mean, we are, talk about combustible. And so we hope we didn't bore you, but we need you to know we don't just make decisions without a discernment process. We really, we really want to hear the voice of God together collectively for the people of God and for the, the, the word that God has given us as a church to do. And I got to tell you, I understand if you're like Scott, because he said no immediately. He did, didn't he? I don't know. And, I and, didn't say it like that. <laughs> it was kind of inside okay, no. Nobody knows. <laughs> you heard it, but I didn't okay. say it out loud. And then, and then, and then Matt, he's like such a pain in the butt. He's like, let me research this. I need to research it some more. I need at least 12 scriptures that will coincide and create that, you know. So it's beautiful. I love it. I absolutely, I love that God speaks. Yes. And I do believe three different people gave us the word. It is a window of opportunity. So could we together just look for a moment with spirit eyes? Thank you, Jesus. What others miss in the flesh. And could we just say, God, um, I don't know, but you called Abraham out and he didn't know where he was going. And God, where are we going? Alone? And collectively, what do you have for us to do as the people of God? And I just want to invite us all to just take a step, just take a step like Abraham did, not knowing where he was going. And for your own personal life, for your life at your work, you don't know where you're going, but God does. 
And the scripture says now faith, not yesterday faith, or even I'm going to show you what's 10 years down the road. Now faith. So if you want to take another step of faith, just as a way to say to God, I'd like to take a step in whatever you're calling me to do. Because my friends, we're living in a time in our world that if we are not together with God, Jesus said, oh, Father, I pray that they would be one, even as you and I are one. And so, God, I'm praying that wherever you're asking any of us to take a step, that we would have the courage and that we would trust in the goodness of God. That anywhere you lead us, God, the goodness is going with us. That wherever you lead us, even if we make a mistake along the way, the goodness of God is with us.
God, may the angels' blessings be yours on your home, on your journey, guiding you and cherishing you. May the blessings of wind and fire, wine and stories encourage you and strengthen you. May the saints' blessing be yours, the saints of pilgrims, all the nights and days of your journey. God bless you guys. We love you. In all my life you have been faithful. In all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made.